DC, it is Scotty, and man, one of my fa- one of my favorite parts of the week, getting to know some new folk and getting to know some breeders, man. So know your breeder series, powered by Seeds Here Now, our boy James Bean. What's up, Leo Stone? What's up, man? Yeah, Leo. Thanks for Stone, having me on the show. Aficionado seeds legend out there in Northern California. What is up? It's good to hang out, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. And Bruce Banner's been like I was saying earlier. It's it's a, it's an honor to be on. You know, I, I go to a lot of scenes. I visit a lot of buddies around here, and a lot of them are listening. A lot of their crew listens to your show while they're working in the greenhouses or in wow. the rooms. So I thought this was hella cool to have this opportunity. So I appreciate it. Uh, it's amazing. That is so. It's, it feels so good to be able to keep people company in the grow. It can get monotonous. Ten thousand clones. I think we were talking to somebody last week. Ten, twenty thousand clones <laughs> isn't rare. It's nice to have somebody talking about weed in your head. Hopefully, so. Hell yeah. Thank you yeah, so much for that. Yeah, it's keeping you company from going crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Yeah. Hey, Banner, thank you for setting this up. Banner's yeah. been amazing. He knows all the breeders, and uh, at least he, he's getting into it, and he's getting me into it. This series really is about uh, my ignorance. Uh, you know, like, uh, what, six, seven years I've been talking for, uh, you know, on the podcast for, man, 20 years I've been growing, and I'm still really ignorant about uh, seeds and picking something out of a catalog and trying to make sense of, right you know, the F1 from the F2 and yeah, you know, all, all that stuff. It really all does mean something. 100%. So by talking to y'all breeders, I'm really starting to get an understanding of uh, of what's going on, and honestly, an appreciation for how much work it takes to do this. It's a lot of work. That's the most important part. It's it's a lot of work. Someone's got to keep the lights on. Someone's got to pay for the soil. Someone's got to be there every single fucking day, making yeah. sure that your plants are happy and wet, and, and um, they're not stressed out. And that's the whole part, you know, so in the people, I, I have a hard time understanding. I, some part of me understands it, but a hard, large part of me has a hard time understanding why so many breeders get so upset when other people are working their strains. I mean, that's kind of our job, right? If, we're, if our job is to propagate beautiful genetics, it should be in our best interest to have the most talented growers or whoever grower uh, continue to propagate that, um, that particular cultivar or, or that seed or that selection or sure. that clone that they're finding. So that's just... Um, yeah, what you said, it's a lot of hard work. That's why that's it's that's what makes it the community, you know, like the real community, not on IG, the people that are going into work every right. day and fucking grinding. Even your tent guys, the dude that's just trying to start out, because we all start out tents. I started out a fucking tent too. But it takes that grind and that commitment. So it's like anybody who's doing that work, I don't give a fuck, man. That it it's it's a lot of hard work. And I think if you, especially right now, in the business, we're like, there's a ton of seed companies, right? There's new ones every day. Right. But if you're able to make your hustle work for you, then dude, my hat's off to you. Congratulations. Because, uh, you know, um, the worst thing could be no one, no one hears about your work. So, I mean, if, if, if you're great, if you're doing something, people, a lot of people hit me up, like, Hey man, people are F4 in your gear, F3 in your gear. How do you feel about that? Great. Let me get some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just did I mean, a bunch of really hard work, work that it, I didn't yeah. have to do. And if I could support that or at least congratulate him or thank him or support him some way, I mean, that's that's part of the, the ecosystem, in my opinion. Badass. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's like in, you're in, first off, Mendocino or Humboldt, man. You have to help Yeah, me we started off with Mendo. We still have, um, my partner still has um, a cultivation site in Mendo, but we're mainly based out of Humboldt. Um, 
95% of the time. The other 5% is if my OG, the guy who brought me up, Mike Greenbaum, um, who's a DJ at KPFN in Laytonville, um, he's the dude that brought me up to Mendo. And so um, he's been making seeds and growing since the 70s, hitchhiked out to Cali. So he'll still make some seeds and then I'll release them for him because it's fucking Mike and he makes strains better than I do. So it's, like, it's just an honor to be able to do that. So that's kind of our last foothold in Mendo, but we've really made our our home here in, in, in Humboldt with um, with Big Rock Farms. And before I was on Big Rock Farms, I was with um, one of my best buds that we came to hell tight. That's Josh um, over at Empress Farms. And so the dudes, you know, Josh from Empress Farms and AJ from Big Rock are the dudes that really like believed in me and kept me in Humboldt because there was a time where when legalization was happening and everyone's losing their ass and we didn't know what, you know, how the California market was going to play out there, you know, a lot of people bounced, right? You saw a lot of people from California go to Oklahoma, blow it up, do really well. So a lot of people from Oklahoma go to Michigan, go to Maine, blow it up and do really well. So there was a was point where, about? what year? Shit, almost like two or three years ago. Okay. You know, two or okay. three years ago. Got it. It was, uh, because things got really crazy for us after that that same year that Mandelbrot passed away, our lives got completely crazy. And so the poll public didn't know that, like, we had lost our farm, a bunch of shit happened. So it was really the community and our good friends that, like, that's the reason Aficionado is still here. You know, like Josh okay, Free, Empress Farms, man, he's the reason we're in home. We're still here. He, like, he's... One of the dudes I respect the most, you know, and the dude we're partnered up with now with AJ at Big Rock Farms, he's like, we call him the Josh Free of of, of, of Eastern Humble, of Eastern Soham, because like they have so much in common. There were these dudes that started out from nothing and became these amazing growers, but just integral parts of the community where you go ask people in the community, they all know who that guy is. They all have good things to say about him. And I think that was like what I'm most thankful about. I needed those role models to really guide me um, in the right way. Because when I first started out aficionado and I was in Mendo, you know, I'm not going to lie. I made a lot of mistakes. I really didn't have um, the best mentors. I had the best growing mentor in the world and that's OG Mike, you know, but as far as figuring my way out through the industry and what was proper and not right, um, I had to make a lot of mistakes to really get my footing, to get my footing right in the industry. And it wasn't until I really came to Humboldt, I really feel like I started to really get a feel for like, what I wanted to accomplish and what I wanted and really starting to learn more about like, what is aficionado going to be? Who the fuck is Leo stone? You know, what really, what matters the most, you know? So um, Come on, it's give all me a learning answers, process, man. bro. I love Humboldt. <laughs> well, so, well, first off the difference between Humboldt and Humboldt and Mendocino, how far away are they? Oh, man. Colorado, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're really close, you know, but the, the coolest thing about Mendocino, right. Is, you have a lot of the big grows historically your bigger grows have been in Humboldt. There's been, um, there's more, there's been more of an acceptance up here and a tolerance, um, from law enforcement for, for the grows up here. You have a lot more older money, um, right. that's up here in, in Humboldt. And so a lot of their, their kids and then, you know, so next generations will obviously they get into growing. And so, um, it's been more of an accepted thing. So large scale growing is, is, uh, the thing up here in Humboldt, you know, really good indoor. If you're in like, uh, uh, Northern Humble area, especially your uh, Arcata McKinleyville, I'd argue some of the best, fucking best indoor growers in the world are out of there. In my in my opinion, there's just some weed that I will stab somebody to get a cut, fucking ounce of that weed. It's so good. Like Lion <laughs> Bolts theory. out of there, Lion Bolts uh, on that North Coast part. 
um, Royal Key, who does incredible works at that part. These guys, Volta Fiore. Like, there's these local dudes that put out weed where there's packs are still moving. You know, when packs, when indoor packs were moving for 25, 26 at the low, their packs were consistently moving for 36, you know, 30, 32 to 36, like all I day long because their work was just that good and had that level of care in it. You know, I but seen it, yeah. go back to your question, like the biggest difference between Mendo and Humble, I think. I, I got a lot of my ex- first experience and a lot of my first mentorship in Mendo. And I really believe that Mendo as a whole has um, a higher degree of connoisseurship. And my argument behind that is because back in the day during 215, Humboldt was allowed to grow 99 plants, right? There's more of a tolerance. So all your grows up here, the smallest one was going to have 99 plants during the 215 days. But in Mendo, sure they abolished this 99 rule and they went to like a 25 rule. So that allowed that forced people to one grow their plants bigger so they could maximize um, how many plants they're able to work with. But two, it also forced people to develop this level of taste and connoisseurship where they had to do everything fucking possible to make that 25 plants stand above the rest. You know, and I think that's why for the large part, in reference to the Emerald cup, we just see a, a, a gnarly fucking concentration of winners from Mendocino. If you look at if um if you look at just Laytonville alone between uh one time one year when when we were still working with Gene, aficionado took 25% of the top 20 um for, for top 20 flowers at the Aramal Cup. And then that same year, Brandon, who was on Bell Springs, literally just miles away, took like a sweep, like eight or ten cups, some dumb shit like that, right? And that was just that year, you know, but where I used to live in Mendo, I mean, two doors down for me was this other guy named Leo, and he was a second place winner in the Emerald Cup. And then two doors down from him or three doors down from him was, was, was Mean Gene. And then, you know, two miles down the road from Mean Gene was the dude who won with the Sweet Serenade. Um, back in, I, I think that was 2015 or 16, he won with the Sweet Serenade. Um, but there is in that little, that, that particular radius, you have exceptional growers, exceptional pounds so i think you know i love humble humble is where my fucking heart is you know but as far as the quality of weed it's like i would get butchered if i said mendo didn't for the most part have more quality weed than humble you know what i mean you know i think as far as like just per capita speaking you know and not talk about indoor the guys who do indoor and humble that's totally different bro like they have that shit down to an art form they're all like fucking rembrandts and they're fucking (laughs) you know what i mean just making the most, the best weed you can fucking smoke. He wants to, uh, and um, I love it. But with with Humble and Mendo, Humble's really good at large scale depth, getting a lot of really consistent canopy to look to be comparable to to indoor, right? Um, to be comparable to, so we could get that higher pack price. Um, historically, Humble's usually commanded like a buck or two more um, per pound. Uh, the prices have always been a little bit higher, but that's kind of changing right now with, with legalization and there's more growers happening in Mendo because let's, let's face it, uh, for the most part, there's there's a little bit better weather um, happening in, in, in Mendo, in my opinion. I think you, uh, it tends to be, I think the coastal influences, I could go into this all day. Right. Because I, I've, well, I've, I've I was hung out with. A, hang on. Do you mind as well? Because I was just about to ask you why. I mean, we always hear Mendo weed or, you know, uh, uh, Humboldt County. Yeah. Legendary. So why, man? Why is one there such the, a concentration of crazy, you know, great weed there, man? And I saw it myself at the Emerald Cup. I was just what? The yeah, hell, I think man? it's it's where you live um, in your community. Uh, 
I mean, so like, for instance, Leightonville. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, for instance, Leightonville is really unique, right? So that point, that Leightonville, if you look it up, it's the highest elevation point on 101. So as far as towns that's located on US 101, it's the highest elevation point. Right. And when I was hanging out with a geologist, um, this dude's name is Jeff and his dad was a geologist and he traveled all over California to find out literally where the best fucking place to grow weed was, right? And then he stumbled upon uh, Leightonville, Long Valley, right? He was, since he was a geologist, he looked into it, right? And they found, also found out that in Leightonville, there's this big peak, right? A lot of people know Spyrock. It's like, oh, Spyrock, it's real legendary in Mendo. And that's located in, you know, kind of proper to Leightonville. And and the other big mountain in Leightonville is called Cotto Peak. And Cotto Peak is on the east side, is on the west side of the valley closest to where the coast is, right? And that huge fucking peak is really what um, blocks out a lot of the main coastal influence that would normally be pouring into that valley, right? What's really interesting about Cotto Peak too is behind Cotto Peak, there's this break, there's this place called um, Breakneck Creek. And Breakneck Creek, according to some of the Cal Fire dudes that I was talking to when that place was on fire a few years ago, right. um, they they said that behind Cotto Peak was the US, it was the North American national standard, what was how uh, clean water was tested in North America. That Breakneck Creek was one of the measuring standards for what proper clean water it is. Sure. The reason why is as you have, um, there's a lot of people pull their water from aquifers um, and um, like these big watersheds. And so what makes Leightonville a lot different is as you have a lot of creeks and rivers running past a certain aquifer, right? The aquifers usually feed those creeks and rivers for the watershed. But Leightonville is really unique where a lot of the uh, creeks and um, rivers that pass that aquifer in Leightonville tends to feed the aquifer. So you have a lot of really fresh replenishing water. The elevation of it being the, one of the highest towns and higher water tables on the 101 is like you're just going to have cleaner water with the higher elevation you go because shit rolls downhill um, right. generally. Um, right. So there's all kinds of when we there's a lot of old timers that have you know, we're not scientists, but there's been, you know, a few geologists and just old timers through, through observation of 30, 40 years that go, well, I believe this place grows better because of X, right? And this is just generally speaking, because there's literally thousands of microclimates in, Men in, in Mendo, just on our property here, we're, we're, we're on, um, we're in Southern Humboldt, not too far from the country? Mendo border. Is that right? It's really hilly. Yeah, we're in hill country. Okay. Yeah, we're super hilly right now. So just fuck, we have two patches on this farm and you'll get, you'll put the same clone in, put it at the same time with the same soil mix. But since the exposure is different and the way the dew point hits at night and how moisture collects in the morning, all these factors are going to definitely, you know, epigenetics dictates how a plant's going to get going to express according to its environments and its surroundings. So every little bit of piece of input is going to affect the output. And that's my belief, because I mean, if you look at it, plants are kind of like information systems, like they're more evolved than we are. They have, cannabis plants like 30,000 genes, something like that. Someone's probably going to correct me and call me a dumbass, but I know it has more genes than, than the, than, 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 than humans, you know? So I believe that just every single input matters and it's going to affect the output. I'm tripping, so, man. Information yeah. system. Yeah. I love thinking about it like that. Yeah. I've been kind of yeah. It's that. just, that's. So how long have you been growing? You've been growing for a minute. Yeah. I was talking to, to, to Jeff. They said you guys have been growing for, for a hot minute, mostly like indoors <laughs> and greenhouses. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I want to say 1994. I took a trip to Amsterdam and got me some seeds and uh, got them. Yeah. By the way, don't fucking go to Amsterdam for a day. <laughs> but that was kind of when I got into it, man. I think maybe 93. Uh, oh, yeah, 92. I learned in college from a guy that was just doing stole a light from a, uh, a car sales sales place, <laughs> whatever sales dealership. A thousand <laughs> like the big light. lamps, yep. the big street lamps with yep. the HPS bulb. That's put awesome. it up in there. This motherfucker used to go back and uh, he only had a motorcycle. He would just go pick up soil on his motorcycle, pull into his apartment, <laughs> wonder why he got busted. <laughs> that was like 92 93. I don't know what happened I got into a South Florida, South Florida commercial scene right you know 90 I think after Woodstock oh, 94 beautiful. I went to Woodstock 94 came back in a crew but uh, yeah we were just doing the whole 99 plant stand under federal and just allegedly it's actually my brother Tripp that does all this I actually I just watched and, and reported on it yeah but my brother Tripp 100%. yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah just but you know what I didn't think for a very long time we were just handed clones for years we worked g13 and, and got our price for it and we're, and, we're, and we're happy but uh we really didn't it, it was the 90s you know people were happy to get fucking glowing butt you know they were they, they weren't yeah. asking you could say hey, happy it's, it's, it's bubble gum man They're like wow but uh yeah that that's about it for me man so ever since i tell you though it took me till I don't know, five years ago to realize it's a plant, it's alive, the way you treat it, the inputs you give it, just the it's way alive. it's alive. Just the way it's if I alive. eat a salad, it knows you're there. Burger. It's very yeah. aware. Yeah. It's all about the inputs. It's very man. aware. Yeah, so I've just yeah. been tripping That's on why that we believe the inputs matter. I love it. Man, I could just see Yeah, just 100%. Right. I almost put my joint out. Yeah. I was like, fuck no, man. I'm smoking this. I'm getting super high with Leo. <laughs> Yeah, we're smoking. going. Thank you. Smoking, <laughs> we're getting. Man. We're gonna go deep. Yeah, we're gonna go deep. But yeah, I, I, I like what you said. How plants are alive. I think more people need to echo that. Oh, it's right? true. Somebody and, yelled at me on because I manhandled no. my plant a couple days ago. I brought it out and was kind of showing 100%. how I how I how I would uh, trim it. Hundred percent. Low stress train it, and they said I was too stressful on it. And appreciate that. <laughs> it's it's probably like yelling at the dog a little bit. You know what I mean? You can't do that too much. Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty chill. You know, I run a, I we run a tight crew here. Here at a, here at our farm at the farm I run for Big Rock, and um, you know, a lot of people know me as being super chill. You know, it's like I think uh, leadership's all about being calm and and and. and just transferring that calmness and that motivation to other people. But you want to see me lose my fucking shit, leave a plant dry, uh, leave a plant dry. Cause it's not just a matter of forgetting to do that. It's you're neglecting that fucking plant's life, right? When that soil dries out and it shrinks up and it affects the roots, it's like, you, you, you just said it back two weeks, no matter what. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you really, that's, that's the thing. There's a lot of people, I think you could really gauge if someone's a plant person by how they take care of plants, not by what they could regurgitate and how eloquent they could speak about a plant, but do you fucking show up every day? Do you show up on time? Does that plant ever go right? Dry, right? Like right. that's to me, that's the litmus test of like what a solid grower is. You don't have to be the fucking smartest. We could teach you anything. You just have to learn how to fucking show up and, and be there for the plant. You know, it's be, you should be, not like uh, not just obsessed with it you should be possessed 
Like you shouldn't should be getting up in the middle of the fucking night going, did I fucking water or is this perfect? You know, because if you take care of the plan, give it everything she wants, it's going to give everything you want. It's real simple. I want to smoke <laughs> your weed, bro. Hey, first, give me that lighter. I'm smoking. And uh, what are you smoking, man? We were, sm- we were smoking a joint together. I've been smoking nothing but GTR. And all I have is like these lowers. That's that's from Seated GTR, um, nice. which is yes. one of the releases we came out with. And it's I've been working on that strain. Um, I forgot when I first got the seats from Jerry, the, the original Diesel BX. But right when I got the original DX, I uh, BX, I popped. Uh, I found the sick ass mail. Um, just had the darkest leathery green leaves that reminded you of like an old school. Like what the leaves looked more like an OG than it did like an old school sour. You know what I mean? And I have never really grown original diesel straight up, like pure, right? So, you know, the whole guidance of when I'm trying to select this male was like, well, I'm just trying to look for some sour traits, right? Because I want that high. So I've been smoking nothing but GTR because I've been working it towards that sour side because any breeder knows, like, probably the the hardest strain to fucking breed is sour, right? Like, I have a five-gallon bucket of sour crosses that are garbage right? like what, years of work what the flavor yeah doesn't come through is that what you're saying what is GTR? sour is a recessive trait it's a super recessive trait right so but at least what i found right when i was reading sour and making mistakes i would find uh different sour crosses right i, I like collected as much soma new york city diesel i could because he used right. an afghani as the crutch for his back cross right so and afghanis are usually pretty benign when you're when you're working in the lines they tend to get watered down if something has a really strong flavor right so i've I've used a lot of that um i've used different sour diesel crosses like the royal kush has sour diesel in it so i tried using a royal kush for a while as my crutch for doing a sour back cross right and just fell on my face miserably every single time i'd get the resin profile to breed true i'd get the bud structure to breed true it would look like sour but it wouldn't smell like sour a lot of them like shit for like eight times out of ten it came out smelling like fucking hay like garbage like that that sour smell or it came out smelling like the strain i didn't want it to turn out as and so for a lot for years i kind of beat myself up like fuck i can't even get a good sour out like how how good am i at this breeding i'm good at like cherry terps and royal terps and and chem dog terps but the sour has been always the most elusive it's my favorite smoke the reason why i chose to like want to breed sour is like right i got ptsd for being in the army right so i need something to calm me down Right. But I'm busy. So I don't want to be fucking in a sedated haze or I don't want to have an indica that's going to make me feel like I'm just hanging out in an opium parlor all fucking day. Like I want to get moving. I want to go. And so sour does that for me, but it also, you know, calms my anxiety down to the level where, you know, I can manage my anxiety and I'm not, I got not such of a hair trigger. So it's been like, it's, it's my favorite plant because it's legit. Like I, a lot of people know I don't call weed medicine. Like, like to really, we're all in the drug business, whether you like it or not. We're not uh, doctors. If you're a doctor, a more power to you. Fucking rolling up yeah. my sleeves, man. Fuck no, man. But, Food but is that's medicine. Uh, yeah, yeah, herbs, herbs, are it, medicine. it is, it is. But, but, but is medicine, it was the man. sour where it was like this is medicine for me. You know what I mean? And that's why I really kept trying, even after having as when that five gallon bucket got halfway full with like just baggies of garbage ass sour crosses. I love sour to the, to the point where it not only helped my asthma and not only helped my PTSD and my anxiety, but it was like, I was willing to deal with that failure. Like, no, fuck it. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. And it took me like 
you know, until I was able to get locked down that original diesel BX and cross it to the G6 jet fuel, which is a highly uh, sour dominant OG hybrid um, that's more sour than its OG, was I able to really maintain and pull out sour terps from you, you, various wait, sour wait, wait, wait. cuts, whether you think we're in the drug business, man. No, I wouldn't say that. I, I just, I'm in Humboldt County. You know, I wouldn't say we're in a drug business. I know that's like the most politically incorrect thing you could say, right? I'm probably going to piss off a lot yeah. of people saying that. Right. But, but literally when you look at the spectrum of everyone who operates in the market, who's not a licensed physician, it's like really the goal for breeders. If you're not breeding medicine is you want to, you, you like we celebrate inebriation, right? It's not just drugs have this really bad connotation, but it's, it's all about like altering your consciousness and finding a level of inebriation where you could think introspectively or you could grow from that. Right. Make me Google and so like, that's why it's like, man. I just think I get so annoyed with people who try to, we're growing medicine. Yeah. But you're not a fucking doctor. <laughs> Stop acting like we're fucking doctors. That's what annoys me. We're really? not doctors. And it oh, pissed in no. the reason why I say that, that really politically incorrect that we're kind of quoting quote the drug business is because I've talked to a lot of doctors. I've talked to a lot of clinicians that feel the same way. There's like, you're not fucking doctors. I'm basically regurgitating a bunch of information that I was like, it, it really highlighted. It's like, yeah, you're right. We're, we're not fucking doctors, but Isn't we're really talented. Do? That's why I think the community doctors, should get real. Doctors get paid to regurgitate there are some information, politically correct information sure. that they can't get sued for. You know, so mostly sued for this shit, they're going to be recommending the hell out of it, man. And they already are, but it's all it's, sorts of medicines out of it. But you would say, uh, you know, uh, mushrooms or, or LSD could be heavily narcotic, you know, um, but they tend to but right now, awesome if, if you look at what maps is doing, it's, it's an incredible medicine. It's an incredible medicine. And so, you know, but at the same time is, I just took a stance like if I'm going to breed medicine, this is why I say I was I'm, I'm breeding for inebriation and 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 recreation and not oh, medicine, I was, right? Because I have a problem oh. with paying two hundred dollars for a bottle of medicine. I have a huge problem, a huge ethical problem with paying two hundred dollars for a bottle of medicine. I have no problem with paying two hundred dollars to have a heat, a very hedonistic, uh, luxurious experience and buy a two hundred dollar bottle of whiskey, you know. Or a, or a really nice bottle of Pappy Van Winkle bourbon that you could get for like 500 to 1000 Like that's transient, <laughs> Damn, luxurious classy, experiencing, right? That's the different category than medicine, right? That's why I never said I was growing medicine because we're charging out the fucking nose for cannabis. You think like most reason why people are in cannabis, if you don't love it, the, the money's really good. And yeah, so when you're looking at those margins, not. it's like there's just this hypocrisy of, of people that, okay, cannabis holds a certain value. But if it's medicine, why are we charging out the fucking ass for it? There's, I just think there's a different place for medicine and a different place for 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 recreation. I know in cannabis, the waters could get muddy, but that's just been my position. I don't want to fake it. Like the people know who I am, right? The people, especially in Humble, they know I'm not a fucking doctor. They know I make weed, so I'm just going to be real with them. Right. This is what I do. I'm trying to breathe strains that, that alter our consciousness to the level that like we want to get really high, right? We're either trying to forget something or we're trying to medicate something. And so I just like, I keep it real. It pisses off a lot of people, but it's like, I just have a lot, I have a, I have a big problem with our medical system and how much uh, pharmacies charge for medicine, the premium that's priced on medicine after I, I've traveled all over the world and um, the healthcare in other countries is, is, is insane. It's great. 
I mean, you're not paying, you're not donating a liver and sacrificing a chicken to get a bottle of, of ibuprofen or something at the end of the day or an asthma. Sure, sure. And that's just our system here. So I just have a really disdain for the word. Um, med- it is medicine, but I don't believe we're in the medicine business. If you're in the medicine business, you would cultivate it and you'd sell it at a price where people who really need it could access it and afford it. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't in that position to be able to do that. Right. I didn't grow up here. I kind of came here. And so my position was like, I had to do what everybody else would do. We're going to participate in this aspect of the business and try to do our best at it. Yeah. And so, it, you know, yeah. it does. It, it shows where you're from because, you know, 100%. You know, and honestly, for 25 years while I was growing it, I didn't think it was medicine either. I was just, it was a recreational plant that somebody's paying a lot of money for. And yeah. it really, it really, in them, yeah, 100% take me to start, you know, to have the DGC and to have everyone start telling me how they're growing a little bit of medicine in their closet and how it helps them. And I was yeah. like, oh, it, I mean, it turned. I respect head. that. Like if you're growing your medicine, boom, Fuck yeah. and you're growing it and consuming it. But if you're saying I'm growing medicine, you're moving packs for the highest price possible. Bro, yeah. just fucking be real and sell yourself packs. You're growing packs because you're not I fooling think, nobody. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's a fucking full it, matter of perspective, man. You're out there in Humboldt where everybody is you're talking, you know, slinging and pound yeah. prices. And that's kind of what dominates over there. Yeah. I, and I've only um, released two medicine strains. And we've never charged money for it, right? Um, right? The first one was the Purple Heart that not a lot of people knew about. And it was a strain that um, I bred for myself because um, if I'm not smoking sour, you can't smoke sour at night and go to sleep, right? You're just like awake. Right, you do shit. right. But, um, a lot of people who, who do suffer from some kind of trauma or PTSD or depression have a hard time sleeping at night. And so I bred this strain that had some purple urkel and the vs1 in it it came out really nice it came out um really hashy really didn't have much of a nose but everybody who smoked it i would i would go to my vet meetings and hey guys try this what do you think it knocked me right out i slept so good and i was able to like and sleep is such a huge part of healing it's like that's that's real medicine in itself is being able to sleep allow the body to regenerate allow your 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 brain to reboot so for for my vet buddies that really liked it that's why we chose to call it purple heart and so we gave that one away and i gave that one away to vets and the sacred sour was something that we did recently and we got super roasted for right? We got super roasted because we, we we were really public about like, yeah, it was like this is basically a fucking like back cross. Like we used, you know, the Sacred Sour is using the original Diesel BX mail on on Rez's on, on a selection from Rez's clone that we selected from. And you know, we hit it into it two or three times and you know about three times and we're going to release it, you know? And so because it's like, you know, that's a lot of Rez's work, we got super roasted. But when I was talking to Josh from Empress, who I made the seeds with, he was like, hey, man, we should just donate the money. It'd probably be good to donate the money for something good. And it just made sense. Like, you're right, man, because like sour has always been a medicine for me. He knows me every time I'm smoking, I'm smoking sour because I want to be awake and I want to chill. Right. Like, I'm in the drug business, but I, I use my medicine. I just right. don't sell medicine because there's a difference between two and all bomb mess and two and all bomb whiskey. Right? I'm I starting whiskey. to get it, man. I'm starting to get your perspective. <laughs> it's an interesting one. I'll say, but, man. It's an interesting uh, one. Because there's really people that grow medicine. Like, that's what kills me. Like, oh, the dude, yeah, all this, this is DGC, my, this is, man. if I could just frame how I view it, like the dude who brought me up, 
right. was an ex-biker. He hitchhiked out to Mendocino in 1978, toured with the great toured with the Grateful Dead. He lives right next to this dude named Bob Barsotti, who owns Bill Graham Presents. Bill Graham Presents was the was the agency and the the group that was responsible for putting the Dead on tour, Dead uh, Grateful Dead ticket sales. So he was. Oh, really big part of that community. Nice. And so, and he's tatted the fuck up and he's rolled with some of the hardest um, bikers, you know, and I met him when I got out of the army and I was in San Diego um, and their club opened up by the fight gym that um, I was going, I was attending to my brother that was training fighters at, um, cause my family is in, was in the fight business in, in San Diego and, um, what, and, like and MMA uh, or what? And so, yeah, MMA and Thai boxing, that's what I grew up doing. My brother's uh, was a professional fighter, professional Thai boxers, got a bunch of fights and trained a ton of fighters. So when this shop opened up right around the corner from the gym, um, we, we met with Mendo Mike and that was started our, our whole, our whole journey. But the most profound thing of Mendo Mike, you walked in, you saw this bearded dude with tat sleeves. He had a Grateful Dead chopper just parked right in. Uh, like right in, right in the uh, dispensary, like the primary cover had, you know, the steely Dan on it and the dancing bears all over it. I mean, he, he was your, your quintessential grower outlaw deadhead. Right. And, but the, and, and he was a gangster motherfucker. He was hard. He was really firm, but when people legitimately came into his club curtain, he gave them medicine away. He would go up to Mendo, grab a shit ton of trim, this is when I was a rookie. He showed me this. Grab a fuck ton of trim and make Rip Simpson oil and give that away to people that really needed it. Right. So from right. there, he was like, he was like, look, there's a difference between this game and the medicine game. Right. And he was really, he was really, um, he taught me a lot. The most profound thing he taught me never cross streams. If you're doing weed, don't do any other drugs. If you're selling weed, don't sell anything. If you're growing, sure. don't sure. drive. He was like, just, he's like, be really particular about what yeah. you're doing. Cause you don't want. And so he was really gnarly about that, but just but having that, having that foundation, right. About being real about what you're doing and not saying that, Oh, this is Bob, blah, blah. cause it is medicine. If it's medicine, do what the medicine thing is, which is not charge out the ass or give it away. You know what I mean? So that's like, but, he taught me that, you know, and having just a hardened, tatted up, hardcore biker dude show me that just, I, I think it made it sink in a lot more. Sure. You know, like that was really his values at his core. And so that's something that I really try to embody. You know, I don't want to disrespect people who are really doing the medicine. You know, they, there are people out there really doing medicine, man. There's this, um, there's some incredible people in Mendo really doing medicine. There's this group of females out there. Uh, there was like this lady, Jude and Lucinda, who was breeding some of the first uh, uh, CBD strains back in the day. And unfortunately, um, um, Jude's no longer here with us, but she's amazing. These old hippies, she would dress up as a bee in her bee patch and pollinate plants. Like she was so connected, like just such an earth, uh, beautiful earth woman. But her CBDs, like they were spending back in 2011, 2012, they were spending tens of thousands of dollars testing um, to do predicative testing on CBD varieties, on actual medicinal varieties. You know what I mean? Like those people, like they're on a mission to right. create medicine. You know right. what I mean? Like, and they, they deserve that respect. And so that's why, that's why I try to separate myself. It's like, you guys are fucking saints. I don't do that. You know right. what I mean? It's You're like out to fucking. More power to them. But Just there really is. You have to, like, there's this whole community in Mendo you got to dive into that these the women that, 
are just nasty with the medicine. They're so talented. And some of the most beautiful seeds, some of those beautiful cultivars you see, like that's, they have the real medicine though. You know, so I love it. I love bullshitting with you, yeah. man. Banner said he goes, Yeah, I appreciate it. Good, man. This guy's good. <laughs> hey, I gotta thank James Bean. Uh, he actually hooks it up 20% off efficient natto. Uh, fuck yeah. Thanks, James. Awesome. Hey, I love that guy. He's back. He's been- <laughs> I do love when he comes to He's been back. the most, yeah, just as far as like a dude, you know, he's been super solid. He's always been like beyond solid for me and always taking care of me. Like even when I was at like, the one thing I got to say to the public about James, he's that fucking guy. He's the only other guy besides Frenchie and my family and Josh that has really ridden the ups and downs. You know, when there was a time where I hit a really bad down, I made a mistake or the perception was really fucked up on something I did. It's like, James stuck by my side. Man. Like that's really rare to find someone that's going to ride out with you like that. And that so seems nothing rare. but respect for him. A recurring unsolicited theme, man. That is fucking awesome to hear, man. Proud to have him as DJ. hundred percent. Seeds here now, abccnow.com. Uh, how do I find you? Give me, give yourself some proper shout outs. I know you're on Instagram. Um, yeah, we're at fishing, uh, fishing auto estates on Instagram. And my personal account is Leo stone Humboldt. And those are the main accounts that, that we're, that we're running. So, um, we got some pretty cool things coming down the, the pipeline. Um, my friend, just one of our friends just bought a house in Europe and his house had like these cave wine cellars, right. That below. he bought the house from a dude who owned, who owned a fucking seed bank. Right. Um, who, who was friends with Franco. And so he found the fucking 150 packs of the original amnesia, regular seats, like not amnesia haze, pure amnesia. Like if you go to high pros or I forgot whose website selling it right now, but they're selling it like 1200 euros a seat, some crazy shit. Jesus and it's like, Christ, and, it, and, and, and there's arguments like with, with the, it's the legit cool. one, but yeah, no, it's crazy. It's wow. crazy. But real amnesia to like breeders that are on the hunt, right? It's impossible to find regular amnesia seeds. Like an and amnesia that's grown properly in Spain. Like, man, the first time I went to Spain and I smoked real amnesia, I was blown the fuck away. Like that will put you out. <laughs> like huh. that is narcotics. <laughs> it's like, it was some of the strongest weed I've ever, I couldn't, I couldn't stay awake, couldn't do anything. And it was beautiful. It was frosty. And so um, there, there are some, there's some gems in, in Europe, but that, that amnesia, man, but yeah, we're going to be auctioning some amnesia seeds um, pretty soon that are verified. They're, they're original. They're from 2007. They're open. We've done germ tests um, and, and they're legit. They're as legit as they get. And no one else is the we, we could find that has the, the legit verified and regular seeds of amnesia. So um, we'll, we'll have you to see what we could pull out of that. <laughs> I love weed. That's why I try not to bullshit. It pisses off people that was like, oh, I can't believe you say it's you're in the drug game. Well, no, I love weed to the extent where I'm going to acknowledge it for what I, sure. I interface it as. I need this. Like, I need that level of inebriation to deal with my fucking PTSD. You know what I mean? And to just deal with being calm and 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 maintaining the line you know because we've got you know i got people relying on me and my partners rely on me and so you know it wasn't till i started really like i really never used cannabis as medicine before like it wasn't probably till like till i started breeding like really trying to breed sour because i found something that helped my asthma and helped my head 
And then it was like four years ago, four or five years ago, I really like, no, six years ago. That's when I first made my start. Yeah. I made my first sour cross like six, seven years ago. And I failed miserably and took a break, you know, and then start started again. He's like, Oh, I just love smoking this so much, you know? So I have a love affair with sour. So does, James, so does uh, James loud too. He loves the sour also. And you got any, tell me if we're going to seeds here now, what am I looking for then? You got any sour offerings or. We're right now, like we only sold the GTR this year that had the sour in it. And what is James what sold is the sacred sour. So the GTR. So when we released the sacred sour, right. Which was like the most definitive sour we have. We used that original diesel back cross mail. I was telling right. you about. Right. And so the GTR is the G six female on that original diesel back cross mail. Right. So I wanted something that was that kind of embodied the G six. Like, cause when I first smelled the G six from three Oh three C's, Oh, they killed it, man. They killed it. One of my favorite strains. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the first, like a side note, three Oh three seeds aside from res, even though as much people hate me bringing up res three Oh three seeds, in my opinion, aside from karma and res was one of the people to really, um, get sour to, 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 to just, uh, breed true and and to really express itself gnarly out of everything we've popped that was crossed with some kind of high country diesel um from um from g from 303 seeds has been fucking epic <laughs> right. so they're really good at it there's like in, in it says when there's only a handful of breeders on the market who have been able to get sour to express the proper way where people are expecting sour terps and noses and structures and they get it it's really hard you know what i mean it's and it's um there's only a few people that have done it, but 303, they kill it. And that, that G6 is what makes the GTR what it is because the original diesel just puts more of those fresher, um, those, that, that, that original fresh diesel genes back into the G6. Like I'm not a geneticist. I don't try to ever get super technical. There's some people who are really technically proficient, sure. you know, I'm not the most technically proficient guy. I've been taught by hippies where, uh, where observation was the cornerstone of evolution. Right. If you keep observing and you keep practicing and you keep taking notes, you know, you could still make educated guesses. And if you really communicate with the plant and um, they'll work with you on a level where, you know, just because you could measure something doesn't mean you could control it. Right. And so there's a whole intuitive side of, of breeding and, and growing that that I was taught where. A lot of people don't. It's like, oh, no, Algidius is a breeder. He doesn't really talk about chromosomes, perps, and shit like that. Well, that's not right. how I was taught. I was taught by people who've been doing this for 30, 40 years, made, made it their entire life. You know, so you know, that, that was enough validation for me. It's like this, these guys obviously know what the fuck they're talking about. Right, right. Um, but so yeah, I try to, I just exploding, try to practice man. what those guys taught me. Yeah. It's badass, brother. It's badass. I'm glad, glad we got yeah. to hang out, man. Glad we got to know each other a little bit. Fucking cool conversation. I enjoyed 100%. it. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you having me on, man. It's a yeah, definitely. I definitely like listening to your show. You're a good host. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. You're like the, the proper stoner host. host. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. There's some shows thing. where you're just so like. Uh, my last podcast, I was so nervous. I had never done a podcast. I had microdosed hardcore. I was Holy so shit. nervous <laughs> and I was microdosing, trying right. to calm down. And I just was drinking caffeine and just, I think I, right. I kind of bombed that one. You know what I mean? So I, this one's a lot chill, more chill. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed smoking a joint with you. And I, your perspective is a trip, man. I got to tell you, it's a, it's a trip, but I enjoyed it. Thank you. 
Thank right, you. Take her easy, brother. Leo Stone. Oh, yeah. Fishing out of seats, man. Some people love to blaze up the tank. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep a good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bone. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads at natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to smoke it out of Get away!